You're listening to the podcast where you can feast on all the information in the world of sports. Now, here's your host, Tommy Yu. Wow, two episodes in the same day. Well, I uh, I guess to be fair, this is a bonus one. Darren, I, I hope you know my intros now are just starting the pod. Like, there's no intro. I just start. I actually <laughs> got in my head. I think I just told you before we start to record. I listened to our podcast for the first time um, in for, like forever. I never listened to it. Yeah. And I know you don't listen to the podcast. And I just listen because, you know, we get praised sometimes. I'm like, ah, they're just probably being nice because, you know, we do this every single week. I could not last longer than four minutes. It was legitimately uh, like an episode of It's Always Sunny. And I don't mean that as praise because that's one of the best shows ever. I mean that more as pure chaos and me constantly yelling over you, cutting you off, screaming. And I'm like, why do people listen to this? But um, this is just my way of saying um, afterwards, I kind of sat and reflect saying, how do I make this podcast better? I'm like, you know, let's have more structure. I should have a good opener. And immediately when I hit the record button here, I'm like, fuck it. I'm just starting. I don't care about anything. But uh, Darren, honestly, right now, gun to head, when was the last time you even listened to more than 15 seconds of our podcast that wasn't clipped from Max? Like you went out of your way to go and listen. Um, When we first started doing it, whenever that was, I oh God, listened to it like, like a year ago, two, two years. Probably like, like a, a year ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the first time. I mean, the last time I listened to it was probably about a year ago, I think. And it was only like, I think like the very first one, maybe I listened to the whole thing and just to like, you know, listen to it, see how it goes. I was like, that was, it wasn't bad. And then I would listen to like clips little here and there, like five minute sections. I would just like literally just like scrub it, like fast forward it to like a mm-hmm. certain random part, listen to like five minutes. But I stopped doing that probably a year ago. So I listened to it in a very long time. Yeah, literally, if it wasn't for Max doing Lord's work, I would never listen to our pod because sometimes I hear the clips that he drops. I'm like, oh, my God, that that actually kind of sounded like I would want to listen more. And then that's why I tricked myself. And like I said, I listened to the very last podcast we released and I was like, this is so bad. Like, I I feel bad for the listeners. But anyway, let's continue. What, What better way to have a good podcast, especially a bonus episode than trashing our own pod? But... Before we kind of unravel, obviously the bonus spot is because we had like a tradepocalypse day. Um, but before I kind of indulge and we kind of break down everything that happened that day, plus any of the other trades, owners meeting, Darren, if I look like we pinned down a date and it actually went a lot smoother than I thought, because ever since the start, I think ever since even the Super Bowl ended, we've kind of floated out just between amongst us was, all right, it's probably going to be like April 2nd. We'll see if we can do it. And then I kind of forgot to tell people like we knew it the whole time. But as like March was drawing near, I was like, shoot, like I remember I told the whole pdl say oh we're, we're going to talk about it soon but then never actually release it so then the poll went out but i'm glad that it, for the most part it looks like april 2nd is going to be the date and the time is something that we've never revealed and i think the time that you and i think works well and of course please give me some pushback listeners uh if you guys get to this portion but we're thinking at 10 30 p.m eastern and the reason for that is because we need it to be pretty late because we have a bunch of west coast people and we also have greg to uh, worry about as well being international and i feel like this is a time that is you know we're never going to find the best time that works for everyone but sunday 10 30 p.m eastern looks the best and i'll send out a zoom link which i think will be the easiest so everyone in the pedo could just kind of click that link and you don't even need a desktop as long as you have the app on your phone it should work for the most part but 
Um, yeah, I think that kind of takes care of it. And I think the one last thing I want to add for the owners meeting is the that the format is changing a little bit. Instead of me just kind of sitting there trying to take poll, I already mentioned this in the last pod, but it's going to be more like an open forum. So all owners, please, I'm not saying come up with a list of things that you want changed, but if you honestly have a really strong suggestion that you would like to bring to the table that you believe will make the PDL better, please do so. And I know Darren did a very great job kind of um, recapping some of the big things that happened in the last uh, or not in the last, but that have happened in owner's meetings, such as tight end premium happened because of it. Six-point touchdown. That was the very last owner's meeting that actually kind of pushed that forward. Um, and taxi cabs. All these kind of fun things were implemented. And so I feel like, yeah, it should be pretty fun and see what happens. So with all of that being out of the way, Darren, I really need to get your reaction because I don't think you and I really have had an opportunity to talk about it that much. Um, I feel like we just texted way, way more before I turned 30. And then all of a sudden I became a bad texter. I don't know how that <laughs> happened. Uh, but regardless, I really didn't have an opportunity to talk about everything that went down. So I'm looking forward to this as much as our listeners probably. But before we even talk about the actual trades that went down and the amount that have happened just in the past couple of days, one very specific day, which I know all of us are probably reminiscing already, there was like eight or nine trades that have happened. And since then, Jeff even went back and other people went back to try to say, yeah, outside of like the rookie draft, this was the biggest trade day in PDL history. So I kind of want to rewind the clock a little bit and just try to get to the state of your brain. What were you doing on this day, first of all? Um. What day did this happen? <laughs> I can't remember. Like, was it Saturday or was it? Yeah. Actually, I think it was Saturday because yeah, I remember I had weekend. to go to the engagement. Yeah, I had to go yet, to the engagement you were party, kind so of like MIA a little bit, but then you would kind of chip in every once in a while. I was like, I know Darren's busy right now. So I took a little note in my I was like, whenever I talk to Darren about this on the pod, I would just love to know what he was doing that day and then his reaction after he realized everything that went down. Because I knew... Yeah. You kind of had a little spoiler because you kind of knew what was going on because I kind of revealed my hand a little bit too early. But I'll talk about that when we kind of talk about some of the trades because one specific trade needs a lot of backstory. But regardless, it's not the me show. Let's bring it back over to you. So an engagement party. So I'm sure you were pretty busy and couldn't check on your phone, but you knew that your phone was buzzing like fucking crazy all day. Yeah, and I, I somebody said it in the, the chat. Or was it you that said it was like a very white people thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to explain to my grandparents. My grandparents were like, because we have a baby shower coming up, and that's not a thing in Korea, really. And they're like, what is that? I mean, hold on one sec. Sorry, had to cough real quick. It's not that it's not really a thing in Korea. It's like when you have a baby, it's you don't have like a formal event for a shower. Like all of your family just kind of decorates you forever for like everything that you need anyway. So there's not like a formal thing. I'm sure there's like a like a specific so when i was trying to explain to my grandparents i was like well it's kind of like a um like an engagement party and they're like what the fuck is an engagement party and i was like oh it's kind of like a bridal shower and they're like you're losing me and i was like oh, it's a and the best trend i didn't say it's a white per i said it's a very american thing but to be okay. a little bit more comedic i was like to our pdl i was like oh it's like a white person thing but uh yeah Dad, how closely accurate were we in that description it, it is a very you know, white person thing. I now know that like other ethnicities do it, but I feel like it was a white couple that invented this idea. Like it was, it just feels like very like, like back Look then when influencers <laughs> couldn't be influencing a social media didn't exist. They're like, how can we talk about us even more? I, like it's, it's already like, it's, it's nice and everything. Like, you know, like it's, I'm not complaining about it, 
But at the same time, it's like you're going to have a wedding day, right? Where everyone's going to stare at you. You needed the extra day. And I know like a lot of people do it. I, I didn't do it myself, uh, mostly because Jackie didn't want to do it because she doesn't like being the center of attention like that. So she was like, one day's one day's plenty. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> so um, but it's like, I, I mean, they're fun because like you get to see like your friends and stuff and um, like some like this um guy that i was going to his engagement party like i didn't like grow up with him or anything so i never really i don't really know his parents so like the last time i saw his parents was like a really long time ago and now they like look old it's weird <laughs> so um it's like i don't know they're fun but they are very white people <laughs> <laughs> but regardless i'm glad that you had a good time but I'm sure I think a good amount of trades actually happened before you headed out to the engagement. Yeah, party. they they did. They, mo I think the majority of them happened before I left. Like I was like getting ready and like doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. So what were and... your thoughts when you saw the first couple trickle in? Because I feel like Michael is the one that kind of got the ball rolling. Right. And it wasn't that it was you. I think yours oh, was, was the first one. Well, maybe yeah, it, yours was I, the first I one. Remember it. I don't even remember. It, I think it was you, and then you sparked the fire under Michael, and then he dropped like three in a row, I think. <laughs> and then it just kind of kept going, because I know Steve eventually made some trades. Max mm -hmm. got in there. I got in there again. And it, it, and at the end of it, uh, I know it's a couple days later, I know Mike eventually made a trade. As yeah, well. Mike and like, Welch made one. Yeah, it, it was, it was kind of like crazy. It was almost like FOMO, right? That's kind of the best description. Mm -hmm. Like everyone wanted to take away. They're like, oh, shit, this is happening? All right, let's do something now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I was, it was kind of weird because like I would see one and normally you would see, you would see like a trade, maybe two, maybe three, like that happened in a single day. But like normally it's, it's kind of weird to have this many. I think there were seven in within a, in a couple hours. And that normally doesn't happen like that because it's just, you know, like the timing thing. Like it's, it's a coincidence that all this stuff happened the same day. Like, no, there's no reason that Michael needed to trade the guys that he traded the day, the same day that you did, but like you got value he thought, thought was good. And he was like, all right, it just happened to work that way. It's weird. And I guess it kind of makes sense because when trades happen, it captures the attention of the PDL. So it's a very natural yeah. time to be like, you know what? All the owners are here right now. Let me just DM a couple just to see if I get anything back. And if not, whatever. And it looked like it was a good time to strike because it looked like so many owners were like, you know what? Yeah, let's see what we can do. But before we kind of rattle off some of the trades that have happened, Darren, I kind of spoiled it a little bit. I'm sure you weren't completely surprised at the end of the day. Maybe the amount of trades were, but eventually the outcome of the biggest trades, because I revealed my cards to you accidentally too early. And for some of the listeners that don't know, the last podcast that actually released earlier today, we recorded that on Thursday. And I know we did mention that in the podcast itself, but during that podcast, we actually stopped. Um, because I had to pick up negotiations with an owner and Darren was like, oh, okay. And the original thought was I was just going to negotiate for, you know, like half an hour or whatever, and then come back to finish off the rest of the pot with Darren that night. Um, but that, that didn't happen. Darren did it. Uh, no, it definitely did not. It came to the point where I was like, all right, I'm just going to bed and yeah. we finished recording the next day. And I think like, in the podcast, you can probably maybe hear like cars driving by me and stuff because I was walking my dog when we were recording the second part. So like I was outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was right around like I, I want to say maybe close to 930 to 10 o'clock. Yeah, probably like 930 when Darren was like, hey, 
I could probably record a pod today. And I was like, all right, sweet. Let's get one ahead of time. And right around 1030 is when Brett called. Yeah, I was talking with Brett. I was trying to get Josh Jacobs that early. And we talked for three hours. So 1030 to 130 a.m. And remember, this is Thursday and Brett is a school teacher. So at the end of the phone call, he was like, dude, I got to get up in like five hours. Like, And I was like, dude, I'm so sorry that this took so long. But regardless, um, the long story short, the negotiation went one of two ways. One, I offered him a package that included my 2020 um for first and a bunch of players and another package that just had a bunch of players that were obviously a lot better because i didn't include a 2021 first or 2024 first and at the end of the day uh brett was pretty close to taking the package with the first and some premium players but he just essentially told me it wasn't quite there he's still trying to compete and uh, maybe come back to him some other time and so after that, I was really frustrated. Obviously, I messaged you. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just talked for three hours and then pushed our podcast all for no reason. And then I went to kind of went to sleep and I woke up. And then I was, of course, because I have no life and obsessing over this league. I was really thinking, about it. I was like, oh, I got to get Jacobs. Like, that's the only way I could fire back against Max. We just got Eckler and Kelsey. And so then I started to kind of try to think outside the box of, all right, what if I were to make a move to get players that Brett would like, but he just doesn't have the capital to do so? Or if I were to give him the first, he just wouldn't have the time to be able to make the move. So I started looking around and I realized I was probably able to get Montgomery. And I was talking to Michael already about Penny because he was talking about Penny in the league chats. And he was like, oh man, I can't even get a second for him in this league. So that put me at a good spot saying, oh man, that means that, you know, if I was just able to offer him like a third and something else, I could probably get him. And so I reached out to him saying, hey, who do you like on my roster? And he said he liked Tutu Atwell. And I was like, okay, I could give you Tutu Atwell, and I was offering some other players. Like, oh, man, I really wish you had a third. If it was Tutu Atwell and a third, I, I would do the trade. And I was like, all right, let me get back to you. And then that's why eventually when we talk about it, when I got the trade for Montgomery, there were a bunch of draft picks, like later draft picks that were involved, and that was absolutely intentional because I needed to use those picks to now get Penny to make a grand package for Jacob. So long story short, Darren, I know you saw everything go down. And I guess the very first trade we're now should talk about is the trade I made with Tanish to get Montgomery. So can you tell me what that trade was? Okay. So this was the trade that the first trade that started the avalanche. Um, Tommy, you sent a 2024 first expected to be late because it was yours and 4.12. So the last year relevant this year. of this year's draft. Yes. And you got from Tanish, David Montgomery, a 24 third, a 24 fourth, a 25 third, and 4.02. So two fourths and two thirds, pretty much. Yes. Yes. And so originally when this went down, what was your reaction? Because obviously, I didn't tell you I was doing all this to get Jacobs, but you do know that my trade talks with Jacobs broke down literally less than 12 hours ago. And then I made mm -hmm. this trade. So I would love to know what your mindset was immediately when this trade went through. I, I was like, yeah, that's, that's good value. Um, I thought for getting for David Montgomery, I thought like just like, you know, a late 24 first for David Montgomery would probably would have been fine. Maybe like a little bit back um, from Tanish's side. But I thought like you getting that plus the two thirds and two fourths, like the fourth was kind of like a swap. Um, so like, yeah, I just moved up a little bit a in fourth. the fourth. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I thought that was good value. Like, you got you got good value back. And, like, Tennis didn't, like, you know, screw the boat or whatever there. But, like, um, I thought – I like your side a little bit better. Yeah. And so, after this trade went down, um, 
I felt pretty good because now I kind of got the draft capital. So that obviously paints the picture because pretty soon after this, I want to say like less than like 15 minutes after this trade, I did the next trade, right? Yeah. So you sent the same 24 third you just got from the last trade and Tutu Atwell and you got from Michael Rashawn Penny. Yes. And this is all on the basis. And this is a big shout out to Michael because he was true to his word. Because after I made the big Montgomery trade, I went back into the DM saying, all right, I did my part of the portion. You said if I could somehow get a third and gave you two to Atwell, um, you'll do the Rashad Penny trade. He's like, you know what? Nope, you did it. Here it is. And so big shout out to Michael for making that happen. Um, but yeah, what were your reactions on this one as well? Because like I said, it was so closely after the first one. Did you already know like, oh, Tommy probably already had this trade set up? Or did you think I just kind of went in right afterwards and started trying to flip? Um, no, I kind of figured because I was because it was so close to the other one and I realized that it was the same third. I was like, he's probably talking to Michael about this already. And he had was because Michael kind of hinted at it. Like he was trying to get a second. Yeah. Yeah. He was talking um, about it. And I think he realized that that was not going to happen in this league. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, all right, I'll take a third. Um, and I think that's probably fair for Rashad Penny because I expect the Eagles to add another running back. Um, there's not even like a guarantee that Rashad Penny is like the guy, like, because they gave him less money than Boston Scott. So that doesn't really speak glowingly of him, right? Like he, in terms of money, he's probably third on the death chart. So um, and I think also everyone's if, like the Eagles Homer is kind of hesitant on trying to pay a lot for Rashad Penny. I feel like that's a pretty big red flag, right? Yeah. Like if you I, had I every Eagles kinda... fan tripping over themselves to try to get Rashad Penny, that would be different rather than all of us being like, eh. If you could get yeah. more than this, that's fine. I'm not going to be upset if I lose out because of all the things that you just said. Because like you, when you look at it, you're like, all right, Rashad Penny, he's a great fit for the Eagles. He's running behind a dominant offensive line. He's was awesome when he was healthy with the Seahawks. But at the same time, when he was healthy is a big part of that. And Dude, if he could play he... a full like 14 <laughs> to 15 NFL games in one season, he'd be a monster. But like that's a yeah. different conversation. And at this point, he probably can't because he's been in the NFL for like five years now and he just has not been able to stay healthy any of those seasons. Um, so, I, I mean, I fully expect the Eagles to add somebody in the draft, like somebody. And if it's someone like they they have B. John Robinson in right now in Philadelphia for a pre-draft visit. If they draft B. John Robinson, Rashad Penny is worthless. Like he means nothing. And he is not going to take any carries from B. John. Um, I think but to be fair, hold on, hold on. This is where some of our Philadelphia Eagles homer can come out. Drafting a middle linebacker or a running back with high draft cap or by high draft cap, I mean, in the first round is just not something how we will do or have done. I know yeah. Bijan is definitely different. The way that team makeup is different, but it's something that we should say because I know across other Philadelphia radio shows and podcastings, players have even come out and been like, yeah, I, I just don't yeah. see how we doing that. Yeah, no, I, and I agree. Like, I don't think that they're going to draft Bijan, but the fact that they're bringing in Bijan means to me that they're definitely drafting a running back, like 100%. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and so with all of that being said, obviously I made two very aggressive moves to kind of start this Saturday. And so after these two moves have been made, I kind of would love to know what your takeaway is because technically it would have been my attempt at a response to respond to what... um 
Max has been doing when he got Eckler yeah. and Kelsey. So after these two moves have been made, what are your just thoughts into overall perspectives or what they did? But you're like, okay, Tommy just got Montgomery and Rashad Penny now. That's cool. Or was that just it essentially? Yeah. So I was um when I saw it, I was like, all right, that's cool. Like David Montgomery, he'll be he'll be good this year. Like I think he'll be at worst a back end RB two. Like at worst, and I think he'll probably be better than that. Um, and then Rashad Penny, if the Eagles do absolutely nothing and he manages to stay healthy, he, he'd be great. I don't really expect that, but if he could, he'd be great. <laughs> so I was like, all right, that's good depth. Um, and just getting like a third for a dart throw for Rashad Penny. Like, I think that's fine. Um, so I was like, all right, like, I, I, I like this. Like I was like, he's building some depth. Um, and I guess like I can preface, well, we should probably just finish off your trades before we like, instead of going in order, yeah, just yeah, to yeah. like make it more cohesive and you can also um, tell your parts of the stories as well instead of me just <laughs> saying way too much so like probably like an hour passes after you make these trades and you text me and you're like would you trade david montgomery and rashad penny for josh jacobs and i was like yeah in a heartbeat like i wouldn't even think about it i would do it in a second um and then probably a half hour later passes um and then i see another trade processes and it says david Mon- or tommy sends david montgomery rashad penny and hayden Hurst, and he gets from brett josh jacobs um also i do want to preface <laughs> this that all these trades have pretty much been finished already before reaching out yeah. to darren so a deal is in place everything's been accepted and um this is so i don't know when i should text i, I should check my phone but pretty much shortly after the penny trade um Brett pretty much said, I will take this trade, but it'll be a little bit before 9 p.m. And this was at like three or four o'clock. So I had no idea why that much more time had to have gone by before Brett did accept. But I knew it was happening. So I was just kind of stewing. So I was like, ah, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to text Darren because he already knows. You knew that I was probably trying to get Josh Jacobs for a while because I did yeah. uh, reveal that to you when we were kind of recording the other pod. And so that's why when I sent that and you said, yeah, I was like, all right, that's all the um confirmation I really needed. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, from Brett's point of view, I'm I'm assuming that he's very high on Rashad Penny and David Montgomery because if he's not, I don't understand it whatsoever um, because he could have literally just kept Josh Jacobs and traded a third for Rashad Penny, right? Like, I I don't understand this. Um, I, I don't get it. Um, for you, it's great. Like, I think it's awesome for you. You got a top 10 running back for, you know, discount price sort of because of all the different moves you made to get to this place um which is a credit to you because you had to do the work to get to this point um but like if if the eagles say the eagles draft running back right then that takes away what value rashad penny had hayden Hurst is like a depth tight end um you can't really rely on him he wasn't even good on the Bengals and david montgomery so if you take away those two parts it's david montgomery for josh jacobs and david montgomery could could be very good this year, especially if um if well, Sanders Swift gets hurt again. I'm not painting the full pic- I'm not trying to get defensive on my part of the trade so it doesn't look like my partner got like wrecked, but the biggest hole that Brett had on his team is tight end. Um by far. But but he didn't yeah. fill that hole with Hayden. I'm not Hurst. saying he filled it, but in my opinion, Hayden Hurst immediately is the best starter probably available. Well, what is it? Well, yes, I agree. He, so not, I give him a starter in tight end, and I'm not saying Hayden Hurst is gonna be a, a top ten tight end for a while, but I mean they signed him pretty early and it looks like they're gonna be getting a rookie 
quarterback. So I can see the picture. So right off the bat, he's getting someone he can start. That's an upgrade. And then Montgomery is, in my opinion, could be a replacement in Jacob. Not not fully, but like in the context, he's gaining more. So he already got a tight end. So now he's getting that guy. And for Penny, I absolutely agree with you. Can absolutely be just completely dispensable, especially with the contract that he got. But also at this point with um Brett's team, and you could definitely kind of see it impact him in his last run last year, depth became a big, big part. And we saw that um kind of destroy Max. Mm-hmm. It impacted me for a bit with Lamar going down, but it ultimately impacted Brett as well because he had the Cinderella story. Everything was going perfect mm-hmm. until very, very minor injuries start to impact his team, and then his whole team started to fall apart. Once again, I'm not. This isn't me trying to like. I'm not trying to lie to all the listeners. Be like, yeah, no, uh, I actually got ripped off. I paid to no, 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 no. I got Josh Jacobs. <laughs> I am not saying that, and I'm not trying to lie and try to make myself feel better. I'm just trying to at least paint a picture and help explain. Saying, yeah, Monty. For Montgomery, or yes, yeah, sorry, not Monty. That's the same person. Monty for Josh Jacobs, straight up. That's a horrible trade, obviously. But I'm just trying to paint the picture on why he may view um, Penny and Hurst a little bit higher than others. Because in a vacuum, it doesn't make sense. But I think for his team, it gives them depth. It gives them starters. Um, but I do honestly believe that if he was able to navigate, like you said, he could have eventually just given up a third for Penny and kept um, the other pieces. I definitely agree. Um, but also from my discussions with Brett, I think he really is opposed to trying giving up his picks because in his big picture, I think his vision is to rebuild at some point. And because he doesn't have his own first into the next draft, he doesn't want to give it up. So I think to me, even if it was giving up his own third for Penny, maybe he believes that that's a very, very high third, almost a second round pick because of the rebuild he has in mind, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think like the the idea that he could have just traded the third for Rashad Penny and kept Josh Jacobs, right? Like that's kind of the thing that I used to bitch about about Kenny because Kenny would like miss out on something and then pay more because he missed out on it. And that's I'm not not this is not me like attacking Brett, but because he's busy and everything and he has a lot going on, he kind of misses those opportunities because he doesn't have time for it. So if like he he did, like if he was like me or you and have nothing but free time on our hands. I mean, isn't that kind of what I did for Brett? I went out and made another trade to give him the assets he wants, even though he like I he could have just taken whatever trade I gave him for Jacobs and then went out and got Montgomery and did all that with that same first round pick. But because I knew he's obviously pressed for time, he's doing master's classes and teach all all this other mm. stuff. I'm like, you know what? I It was a huge risk, right? Because I could have went out and done this and then he could have just been like, no, I don't want Montgomery and Rashad Penny and Hurst and anything else I would have given up. Then I've been like, all right, I guess I just got to keep and roll with it. But I think what you're saying has some truth because that's kind of exactly what I tried to pull off. Yeah, I think this the silver lining for Brett, um, I think is... DeAndre Swift very well could get hurt again. And at that point, DeAndre, or David Montgomery is probably a top 12 running back if uh, DeAndre Swift gets hurt because he's better than Jamal Williams. And from, from the get-go, he's probably going to have a little bit more of a workload than Jamal Williams had because he's better than Jamal Williams. Um, I think the picture and... for Montgomery is Dan Campbell saw Montgomery twice a year. They're in the same division. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing to me, I saw an article pop up, and I'm on read it all the time because i have no life but in the dynasty subreddit they're talking about deandre swift and how um an article just came out recently after the montgomery signing saying how um camel was like oh he's too talented not to put him out on the field so we got to figure it out and i was like oh that's a great sign for swift 
But the thing is, he said that before the Montgomery signing. But so, but for yeah. some reason, people posted this now. So I'm like, so after he said that, he went out and spent high money for Montgomery. That's weird mm. to me. So Anything I, they say about DeAndre Swift from this point <laughs> forward is meaningless. Like it doesn't mean anything because they are just talking out of their ass because they know they do know he's good, right? But if they ever have any hopes, like say they they want to trade him, right? They can't come out and be like, yeah, this guy, he never can stay healthy. He can't get on the field. He's great. But like, you know, he's made a glass. Like they can't say that because they, if they have any hopes of getting any kind of value, which is still a very real possibility that they could be just hoping to get like a third or a fourth round pick for him and just get him out of there and draft another guy that can do the same stuff as DeAndre Swift. Like they, for all we know, they could be hoping to trade DeAndre Swift and draft Jameer Gibbs, right? Like they're similar players, but maybe Jameer Gibbs can actually stay healthy. So um, I don't know. Like, I just think that they're very much done with DeAndre Swift at this point. Like he'll have a role, I guess, if he's on the team, but it's not going to be a big one. They were giving Justin Jackson snaps over him last year. Like that's not a good sign. Yeah, I was honestly, you knew I was kind of out on Swift as a prospect. For like then, a year. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I've been out on him for a long, long time. And then I watched the Hard Knocks when the Lions were on Hard Knocks. And they were talking about Swift the way that Indianapolis was talking about Jonathan Taylor before his gigantic mm. breakout. But I was obviously in on JT. So I was like, damn, maybe like I'm wrong all the time. So I was like, maybe I was wrong with, about the under Swift, like watching him and all this. I was like, eh, he's, he's great. Oh, like, no, he's, he's awesome. Exactly. And so just, I was totally buying in. And then he like, got he hurt all year. Exactly. So yeah. same thing happened. And I was like, okay, this is why I was out. And then do Staley goes over to Carolina. I was like, maybe he was the one that hated. So I started to buy in again. And then they went <laughs> out and get um, Montgomery on a three-year contract. And like, especially in an off season that pretty much capitalizes how unimportant running backs are, but the line still kind of prioritize this move after losing Jamal. I was like, Oh, okay. No, nope, I'm out again. Like I'm done drinking this Kool-Aid now, but I think overall, yeah. We spent a lot of time, obviously, on my trade, so I do apologize, but I did kind of want to paint the picture of everything that kind of occurred to kind of make it happen. But there were some other trades that uh, went down there, right? Yeah, so in between your trades, Michael made a couple of trades. Um, the first one, he sent Kareem Hunt to Brett, and he got back 312 from this year's draft and Michael Hardman. Um Let's get your thoughts on this before I give mine, because I always give my thoughts first. <laughs> I all I'm going to say is obviously I was in the market for a lot of older running backs because mm -hmm. I obviously just got Penny, but then I just flipped them as well. Uh, I'm not one to pick apart any trades, but I wish I knew Kareem Hunt was essentially worth the last pick in a third and Cole Harbin. I feel like I could have, I'm not saying I could have done better than that, but I feel like in my head, I could have done better than that kind of thing. So that's yeah. not necessarily saying I hate the trade because Kareem Hunt isn't even on a team right now, right? No, and he might be looking for a team or just be going back to Cleveland because as we know, um, he had some, you know, off the field troubles. And, <laughs> and there's video evidence of it. Yeah, and nobody wanted to sign him, right, except for Cleveland because his hometown team, whatever, like they were the only team that wanted to sign him. And he was very, very out there being on the trade block, and all they wanted was a fourth-round pick, and nobody wanted him. So I think it's a very real possibility that he is just back in Cleveland and he's Nick Chubb's backup again. 
Um, as I say this, like he could be like in the process of signing with another team, but I haven't seen anything about Kareem Hunt, like any, no link to any team. I almost team, forgot like, he was a free agent. Almost, yeah, like, essentially. Nothing. There's been no news on him. Nothing. So like for all we know, he can be back in the same role he was last year, which was basically like worthless. Like he did nothing last year. Um, but that being said, Michael did just buy Kareem Hunt like a month or two ago for a second. And I feel like a, the 312 and a Nico Harmon is less value than a second. But maybe he's just like, you know, sunk cost. I'm going to cut my losses, get what I can. Like, or he could also value. be high on Michael Harmon, right? Are you high on him? I am not. Um, if he I am could not, not as well. <laughs> yeah, if he couldn't do anything with the Kansas City Chiefs and Pat Mahomes, I don't know where he's going to do it at. Um, I just don't. I, I mean, I don't know. And especially like this past year when their receiver room was like not great. Like, They're like begging for someone stretches. to step up. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I think he's like, I think he's like a guy that will give you like a good game here and there. And then you can't rely on him. Like it's, he's that kind of guy, you know, Isn't like it we'll fair have... to say he was essentially replaced by like a 30 year old jerk McKinnon. Pretty much. Like, I mean, you're basically just like, oh, he's, he's a very good player for like best ball, right? Like you can have him on your roster and then like that one game a year when he has like 25 points you're like fuck yeah and then the but rest you, of the year he has yeah like exactly <laughs> only in best so, ball though because in any other league format you would have never started him for whenever that I, game exactly but it's like he he's definitely you know he's talented but i just i think just he's more of catch. like a gadget that's kind of yeah, important more to of a gadget be a receiver player. like yeah. yeah like he's not he's not really Curtis similar Samuel. to like lavisca chanel very athletic. He sort also of. can't really catch either, but like mm-hmm. different types of explosive because McGuire is straight speed where Chanel is like, he's like thick and can kind of break. He's like a Camara ish kind of player, but Camara yeah. can actually catch, whereas uh, Chanel cannot. Yeah, I think he's like a worse Curtis Samuel. Like, I think that's like what he oh, yeah. can do, like kind of the same things. And, but like, even Curtis Samuel isn't really that good in fantasy. <laughs> like, he doesn't really do a whole lot. He was decent that one year with Carolina um but i don't know like so right now your prediction is kareem hunt is either cleveland or just kind of remains unsigned for a little bit i mean the only the only links i've seen is like one dude like speculated like maybe he goes to cincinnati instead of cleveland but like i haven't seen him linked to anywhere like no one's brought him in nothing like even like ronald jones was brought in with the cowboys yesterday like he's getting visits before kareem hunt so like i don't know like i I don't know. Like, I don't know if he's going to get a job. I mean, I'm sure he will, but it's just like, it's strange that like, there's been no, and he's a, a big name free agent, right? Like he's, everyone knows that watches the NFL. Everyone knows who Kareem Hunt is for good or bad. Um, it's just weird. He has no, maybe not at all. on the scope of Odell and Bo Jackson, but he definitely is a, what if, what if he didn't yeah. lie to front office and then kick and do domestic violence and get things on camera uh, and stayed with the Kansas City Chiefs with this window where it's yeah. very evident if they had a Kareem Hunt in his prime. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh my me? God. Are you Derek kidding McKinnon. me? Derek McKinnon was having like a, a stretch of like four games when he had 30 points in a row. Like, And was... I think at many points, and I don't think this is us being hyperbolic, in his prime, Kareem Hunt we're talking about right now, Yeah. Um, in a vacuum, I think he was one of the most talented running backs just straight up in the league. 
he was there was definitely a time when he was like a top five running back for sure like a year or two there when he was on the chiefs like he was top five running back and it just sucks that like in his prime that is obviously when he didn't spend in kansas city when they really needed him so definitely goes out to a what if but once again it 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 was just a i I could definitely see the trade on both sides brett is taking a shot saying i think kareem hunt's gonna sign someone really well and michael's just saying all right um i thought kareem hunt was maybe gonna be more highly sought after i looked at the running back Thing. like even Eckler's having trouble finding I know Eckler's different because he was yeah. traded but you know what I'm trying to say like running backs are not really sought after right now so let me at least get McCole Hardman who I think has a better shot to land somewhere a uh, better and he's younger and let me just get a third in here just because let's just try because honestly with the way that the PDL goes and the economy is age is like the biggest detractor so I- I'm trying to help contextualize why Michael would have spent a second and then stayed and then looked at how free agency went and been like oh fuck it I, I want to yeah because he michael bought kareem hunt like when he first kind of joined the league and then now that he's been here for a couple months he's like fuck 28 year old running backs are like you can try and sell them like the plague like that's (laughs) very hard to do yeah which is weird because any other dynasty league i'm assuming if if they're like a contender and you're like yeah i'll just give you kareem hunt for like blah 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 and they'll be like oh yeah 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 whereas yeah. I think we do have to admit the economy in the PDL is wild. It's very unique, but I think that like because our the PDL like everyone's kind of expecting it to go, you know, in the future. And a normal dynasty league, they might be like, all right, this might last like another two years, and then it might fall. They're like, this is but a like, long form redraft. How do I do this? It's just a keeper yeah, league. Exactly. So like you're kind of expecting it to last like five years or less, and then this one has already lasted almost five years. I think. I think this is the fifth year we're going into it um so i think like everyone that's been here is like yeah i don't want a 28 year old running back so like it's it's hard to buy him <laughs> or sell them i mean yeah i think that's going to be more and more evident with kind of the learning curve with any new owner but it's also nice to also see them adapt and figure it out as well but um mm. there was another huge trade that have happened that also involved the mike or michael sorry uh right after that mm. um trade for what he essentially trade away Kareem Hunt right yeah so Jeff kind of hinted in chat um that his offer for Christian Watson was still available and then Michael was like yo DM me so then I guess they were talking and DM for a little bit there um and then Jeff ended up sending Darnell Mooney a 2025 second a 2025 third which were both his uh 3.08 Donald Parham and Chris Evans and he got back from Michael Christian Watson um now, I know that Jeff got, or no, Michael, sorry, Michael got flamed a little bit in the chat because of Only Mike. one specific um, person. <laughs> yes, Mike. Who flames everyone, Mike was, by the way. <laughs> yes, he does. Um, I think he was just a little unhappy that he wasn't on the receiving end of Christian Watson. Um, because I don't think that this was, like, bad value. Um, maybe, Maybe it could turn into it if Jordan Love turns into like the next all pro Green Bay Packer quarterback. Um, I don't really expect that myself, but who knows? Um, now, if he does, then I guess maybe Michael sold a little bit low, but I think getting Darnell Mooney a second and two thirds, um, I think that's fine. Like, I think that's fine value. Like, Darnell Mooney, he's not like a superstar or anything, but I think he's a fine depth receiver um if he's like your fourth or fifth receiver you're probably pretty happy and then he got a second and two thirds on top of that which he needs ammunition to get better in the future like he needs like better pieces 
And who's to say he can't like package that second and two thirds and get like a better player. Like we saw Debo Samuel get sold for a second, a third and a fourth. So like, who knows? Like he could turn this into something else. And then you turn those picks into something and you're like, all right, that's, that wasn't that bad for Christian Watson. Like I see that. (laughs) Yeah. Or even like, I'm trying to even think of crazier moves. What if, um, he just comes over to you and you have one, you know, pick like 1.07, 1.08. And he's like, I'll give you the rest of my picks in this entire draft. And he has like a handful of, you know, some seconds, Mm -hmm. a bunch of thirds and a fourth. And you're like, you know, I would like to take blah, 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 but look at how much extra shots I could take here or how I can package. Like, I feel like he has a very real opportunity to really move up in the draft just with the amount of draft capital he's accumulating. Cause Sorry, Zoom kicked us off, but let's continue. Um, Yeah, I was just saying how he has a draft capital and all of his draft capital not or might not be a premium capital that he has right now, but that doesn't necessarily mean it can't turn into premium picks. And just with the amount of shots he has, I bet there are some owners in this league that will value that. So if there's maybe a later first-round pick or someone that he sees falling that he really likes, maybe in the second round or whatever, he has every right to kind of call his shot saying, oh, I really want this person that's falling because he has the capital to do so. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I, I think that like this was a very fine trade for for both sides. Like Jeff gets a receiver that he wants. Um, like I think that this was like fair, and I think Michael was just a little bit salty that he wasn't involved. <laughs> Michael, Mike Servas? Are you sure we have the same guy? That doesn't sound like yeah. him. <laughs> no way. Anyway, yeah. I'm sure. Um, sorry, Michael, that you felt like you getting you felt like you got flamed, but it's almost an initiation, right? In the PDL, you have to get flamed by Mike at some point, and it doesn't oh, even have to be anything at all. It could literally be yeah. just like, oh, I really like these pair of Nikes, and then Michael gonna be like, you know how many children I died, you piece of shit? <laughs> and you're like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I just found something at the outlets on clearance. I thought I thought I was uh, bussing with this on, but whatever. But no, it, it's an initiation. <laughs> the ugliest goddamn shoes I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I'd rather go fucking barefoot. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um but anyway with that being said there there are still a handful more trades uh that have happened there was. It, it, which is insane so even with a huge day where montgomery's move rashad penny josh jacobs and christian watson what additional trades went down so there was two more that happened on this day and then we have two more to talk about that happened later on but Let's the first or first of the last two from this past saturday um steve sent david and joku a 2025 second, Darius Slayton, and he got back from Michael, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Tyquan Thornton, and 4.03. So to me, I, I think this is like fine value too. Um, I, I think that like he got what, um, two seconds, I guess, in value for Aaron Rodgers. And I know that like from talking to Michael myself, um, I know that's what he wanted because I bought Matt Stafford and he I was like price check on Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford. And he was like, well, for Aaron Rodgers, I want two seconds. He, he wanted more than Matt Stafford. And I was like, all right, I'm probably not going to play that because I do not trust Aaron Rodgers at all. So <laughs> I, <laughs> now that he went to the, or is planning to go to the Jets, he's not officially there yet. Um, I think that like paying two seconds for a year, maybe two of Aaron Rodgers, I think is definitely fine value. Um, Darius Slayton and Tyquan Thornton, I think that's like kind of like a cross off. Um, they're about the same in value, probably. And then he got the four oh three back. But I think this was a fine trade. Like I, I know that Michael said in the chat, like he really values David Njoku highly. He thinks he's a very good player. Um, so I think this is good. Like getting this return after <laughs> he had to recoup some value after Josh traded away four seconds to get Aaron Rodgers last year. So he got half that. He's back. just like digging out of the hole and he's like, this motherfucker, <laughs> I swear to God. Like, 
So what about this time last year, Aaron Rodgers was traded for four seconds. And then a year later, he's traded for two. So uh, I think like his value last year was probably closer to this value. But, you know, Josh, Josh happens sometimes. Uh, but I think this is a good trade for both sides. Now, Steve maybe has like a surplus of quarterbacks because I think he has um, Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Trey Lance and Aaron Rodgers now. So maybe he might he might be looking to move one of those guys now. So. Who knows? Maybe it's Pat Mahomes. Like, that would be a shocker. <laughs> I feel like Jeff has already opened up, like, bank accounts offshore to try to feed Steve money on top of draft picks <laughs> and PDL assets to be like, I will give you real-life money. Um, Not that Steve okay. needs it, but be like, I, I'm willing to do a lot of things to get this guy on my team. But when this <laughs> trade happened, actually, that was my first takeaway. I kind of sat up a little bit being like, wait. Did Steve just get Aaron Rodgers? And then I immediately opened up his roster. And I was like, shit, he has like the deepest quarterback room right now. And we know how deep that can take you in the PDL. And his team is just littered with studs. And so I was getting terrified. I actually remember myself texting you at some point being like, yo, Steve's roster is kind of scary. Uh, until you get to some of his flex options. <laughs> yeah. But still, that is more of me just saying that in jest because I really do think he has quite a squad that's being built up and he already tied the league. I think he was tied last year for second best record in the entire PDL. So I feel like this team is not as far off as some other people might think. And I feel like Steve has always been one of my dark horse teams that I always continually bring up, but because of the reasons that you just brought up his QB room, specifically being Mo Holmes, uh, Russell Wilson, Trey Lance, and now Aaron Rodgers, um, easily the best quarterback room in the PDL. I'd have to imagine. Yeah, I agree. And I, it's kind of interesting to see what he's going to do with it because you, uh, as we know, we can only start two. Um, so having a fourth quarterback might be a little bit overkill. So maybe he's going to, as you said, his flex spots, they're not very scary. So maybe he's going to work to trade one of those quarterbacks for someone to fill his flex spot, maybe two guys to fill his flex spots there. So they come a little bit less scary or more scary than they are now. Yeah, that, that would be a huge, huge turnaround, but anytime, um, you know, a quarterback goes because I was definitely looking at the quarterback market as well. I realized they're all pretty much owned by either just you and Steve now. So I'm like, oh, great. So I'm never going to be able to get uh, another quarterback if I were to <laughs> lose Jimmy G or if like uh, Lamar doesn't play them. I'm like, well, I I'm fucked. I'm fucked. But no, I, I, that was a big takeaway for me. He has just a huge room. And I think this definitely opens up for flexibility uh, elsewhere. And that's always very interesting because, uh, you know, it's Steve and uh, he, Max says he's an assassin and every move he makes, it seems like he's getting a little bit closer to what he wants to have. And so it's definitely something to keep note of. But speaking of Max, he threw his hat into the trade ring as well, huh? Yeah, so he sent a 2025 third and a 2025 fourth, and he got back from Michael Jerome Ford. Um, I, I kind of already said what I thought about Jerome Ford on the last one. Um, maybe he's somehow better than Kareem Hunt. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't give up anything for Jerome Ford until I saw that he had the role. Um, and I guess oh, here, let me well play an exercise because... for you. Let me put the bad guy, which is you usually on the podcast, on the spot. Jerome Ford, <laughs> right now on the waivers, he's just there. How much fab are you giving up, or are you not even giving up any fab? Please keep in mind that means you also have to cut someone on your roster. Um, $25. All right. Okay. I would give up some fab for sure. Like I would give up some fab, but like, I mean, I think he's, in my opinion, I think he's worth just that fourth, like just the fourth. I think he's worth, like, I think he's worth a fourth. 
but that's about it i think uh just until like you see because like we saw we were we were just talking about kareem hunt right like at one point he was the top five running back in the nfl and this past year in the kareem hunt role which you would assume that that's what Jerome Ford would walk into if Kareem Hunt is on a new team. He didn't do anything. Like he wasn't usable. He wasn't like a anything this past year. Like he wasn't anything. So I mean, I, unless Kareem Hunt's like completely washed, right? Like Jerome Ford probably isn't going to be anything either because I'm assuming that Jerome Ford is never going to be a top five running back in the NFL. I am just a little bit scared. I think Jerome Ford has all the talent, but it's still a little bit early in the offseason. So I would be a little bit scared. Like, what if uh, Kareem Hunt does leave, but then they also bring in just literally any veteran or something? I would be a little bit more scared, wouldn't you? Or even able to draft someone. Not that that you would, because that's obviously not a position that they have to address. But I'm trying to also paint a picture saying if they do address someone in there, that could be a little bit more murky, even with... uh, Kareem Hunt departure because I think if Kareem Hunt obviously doesn't look like uh is being the most sought after free agent right now so if your prediction is correct and he does go back to Cleveland um I think that definitely has to play into the factor of Jerome Ford's uh career trajectory at least yeah and there was rumblings that um Nick Chubb might be traded so if that does happen and Kareem Hunt doesn't come back then Jerome Ford he just bought him super low um but like I I why would they trade Nick Chubb? I, I don't I don't understand that. I feel they, like if you're just any running back veteran now, they're just like, yeah, they might just get traded. And yeah, there's probably might, some semblance of truth to it, right? Like, oh, Dalvin it, Cook might get traded. Oh, Derek Herring, ah, might get traded. Eckler, yeah, that guy might get traded. Well, they, they said that um, Dalvin Cook was going to get traded, and then he has like $4 million have been, there have been two diff- different times where he had a $2 million roster bonus if he was on the roster at that point. It happened twice. So he's now has $4 million guaranteed that they didn't point. have to have given him if they would have cut him way that early. If cutting him was yeah, in the picture like at if all. he was going to get cut or traded, he probably would have fine. Like, I think that Dalvin cook at this point is probably going to be on the Vikings this year. Um, it's still, you know, could be like $4 million. Isn't like a whole lot to eat. Um, so he's still, but to give to traded. a running back is because running backs yeah, just don't get paid to the running back spot for like no just reason. Do. Just like, yeah, we'd rather just cut yeah. you and you could run off with the money. <laughs> For this position that we now need to pay elsewhere to help address. And there are some organizations that are poorly run like that. And they just sort of like, well, like eat cap for no reason. But the Vikings haven't been traditionally one of those. Like the Vikings are usually pretty smart. Um, so I think if they're going to give running back money like that, they're probably going to have one on the roster this year. Um, so I think the Nick Chubb thing is probably like the same thing. Like some dude is probably just making shit up to get clicks on his article because like, why would they, they, they restructured Deshaun Watson's contract and they created $36 million in cap room. Why would they need to trade Nick Chubb? Why? So <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. So I think we definitely are in agreement there, but um, outside of good old uh, Jerome Ford, there was another young running back that was traded. And now mm-hmm. Dallas threw their hat into the ring. So it looked like the Oregon squad kind of sat up saying, Hey, we got to make some noise too. Yeah, I think this was Monday, so yesterday now, um, right? Like, was this was this Sunday? I don't know. This was after the the trade fiesta that happened, all those trades in the one day, and then Welch, um, a day or two later, possibly, um, Welch sent Michael three point oh three from this year's draft and his own twenty twenty four third from next year, and he got in return Brian Robinson. Um, now. I think this is interesting because Brian Robinson is very young. 
Um, I think Michael could have probably just held him. Um, but I think he probably has shopped him around enough at this point. He probably feels like this is the max value he's going to get. Um, but it is like an interesting trade because they brought in Eric B enemy and who knows how he's going to use these running backs, right? Like who knows? Um, there's probably going to be like a Jarek McKinnon role you would think. Um, and I don't think Brian Robinson really fits that profile. Um, that would have been like it's probably, I guess, J.D. McKissick, but he was cut. So I, I think Antonio Gibson fits that role more than Brian Robinson does. Um, but like we could be thinking that or I could be thinking that. And then that could have just been Andy Reid that wanted the Jarek McKinnon role. And maybe um, the enemy wants just like a big, tough, straight line runner. And that's Brian Robinson. So it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of plays out how these running back, because I think like they're both good, like Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. I think they're both good, talented players, but it'll be interesting to see how the enemy chooses to use them. So I definitely agree with everything that you mentioned, because we don't know what the enemy is going to bring to Washington, because that was kind of the knock on why he wasn't getting any kind of real promotions yeah. elsewhere or head coaching position because they're all like, well, how much is it actually you compared to Andy? So we don't know if they're these defined roles and it's hard to find. Well, there was no real Brian Robinson like archetype on the Kansas City Chiefs. So we don't really know if that was because of Reed or because of Biennemi. But at the end of the day, I kind of have to agree with you that it it, it kind of was surprised because I was definitely in the running to try to get Brian Robinson. Um, And hey, I always like to put myself on the air so I could always be you know, flame them be wrong. But the more I looked into Brian Robinson, I'm just, I don't know, man. I, I don't see anything at all impressive, which is probably mean to say. But the, I mean, I watch a lot of Commanders games because we're Eagles fans. So we watch a lot of NFC East games. And I remember even before mm -hmm. me jumping into more film study to see, oh, should I trade for this guy? Beforehand, I was like, eh, to me, he's just like just any other guy. And then I watched the, like, film breakdown i i watched him do reps like he's a completely fine running back but i don't think he does anything special so i was like ah eh, i mean i don't need to get him and now there's like a new regime change and you know i've never really been in on gibson ever but i think mm -hmm. gibson's a much better running back or like more versatile maybe brian robinson's more of the classic archetype with the plastic uh, blocker and moving the chains, but I think Gibson brings more dynamics. And so because of that, I was like, ah, there's just way too many questionable variables right now for me to try to trade up for more. So I could definitely understand saying, wow, he just traded a rookie running back who looked like he had a really solid role for two thirds. Uh, but I think my caveat to that would say, well, yeah, I agree. Brian Robinson could absolutely be the steal. He could be the uh, league winner, but he could also just be cast it off very, very soon because it looked like Washington wanted to have a really strong run game established. And Brian Robinson definitely gave them that towards the end of the year, but I don't think it would take much to also move on from him either. Um, I definitely think he's going to be a part of the game plan for at least the next two, three years, obviously, because he's a rookie. But once again, like I said, just whether they're bringing in a vet, whether they're just drafting someone later, I don't think it will really take much to be able to surpass it from just what I've seen his rookie year. I know he could definitely get better, just like um, Josh Jacobs got better every single year. And the reason I bring up his name is because Brian Robinson's also an Alabama running back. So I could definitely see him continue to get better and better and better and eventually become this huge household name. Um, so it should be really fun to kind of see where it goes, because I know that's what Dallas is hoping he becomes because Welch's rebuild is obviously underway and being able to get um, a rookie or a running back. I was just a rookie coming off of a year where he looked like he already had a solid role is really excited to see. But for me right now, I think there's just so many moving parts in Washington. It's hard for me to get 
too on board right now, at least. But I could definitely be eating those words really quickly. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think in I, I agree with what you said that like I think like Brian Robinson is just like meh. Like I, I think he's like he does things well. Um, but I think like a lot of guys, like you could put Deontay Foreman in that same role, like he could do the same thing, I think. Completely um, agree. I, I just don't I don't think he's like a special, but I think that Ron Rivera, who's the head coach, I think he loves him. Um, I think that's like his thing there but who knows what the enemy is going to do because you assume that they they brought in the enemy they gave him contract they gave him the offensive coordinator position and they gave him an assistant head coach position so it's his offense so I whatever think, yeah, i think the enemy is going to have a huge say because i feel like carolina must have essentially been like this is your show this is your shot to mm-hmm. say let me get a head coaching job after this to show you what i can do so i really mm-hmm. doubt the enemy's coming in um rivera's like well you're here, but I still want you're going to play this. Brian Robinson. I don't care what you say. So We're going to run I, this power I, run game. I don't care what the, I know we have, you know, um, McLaren Dotson and all these players, but we're, we're going to run 45 the, times a game. That is, that's straight the work into the Niners, but um, yeah, no, we're still going to run it. Like, I, I think that um, if I had to guess, I would say that Antonio Gibson is, has more touches per game if they're unless they draft a running back or something else like on if it's these two guys and nothing else changes i would guess that antonio gibson it's like a 50 50 timeshare at, at worst um and i would think that like because he's more versatile and he can do more things like i would think that antonio gibson is more usable i guess in fantasy running back but i think like both of them are probably like rb3s like neither of them are going to be like amazing i don't think because they're going to eat into each other's workload um but like brian robinson he's a good goal line running back like he can get like the tough yards and that kind of stuff um i'm not saying like i think he's a he's a good solid player but i just think like a lot of there's a lot of running backs that can do what he does i also think it's not out of the realm of possibility that they do add another running back mostly because they i think they could draft Bijan. They had the same core of guys, but J.D. McKissick, mm-hmm. and we knew how much they loved J.D. McKissick. Now they just mm-hmm. traded him, and now you're telling me, oh, no, they just traded, or they just cut this guy, and they're just not going to address anything. I'm not saying they're going to go out and get Bijan or go out and trade for Eckler, but at the very yeah. least, they're going to bring someone. And to me, I'd rather take the risk on the someone over Robinson because it already looks like they've attempted to make it work. And to me... um, I, I would have to agree with you. It's definitely a shot, but I am fully willing to eat my words because Brian Robinson is no scrub. I mean, he went to Alabama. I understand he had to kind of stay there a little bit longer. He's talented. Yeah, he has a great story and the run stop. He's just a great football player, but yeah. that can only take him so far because at some point you need a great athlete along with that, if that makes sense. So either way, I think it kind of works for both. And so that's why yeah, I, I do. it's not like there was a lot risk and there's not like a huge game. Like Welch getting Brian Robinson to me, at least, and maybe this is, and I don't mean to trigger Welch for any reason, because everyone knows how much I love Welch, but after this trade, it's not me sitting up being like, Oh, the rebuild is done. He's, he's going to win now it's over. I'm like, yeah. damn. All right, cool. Yeah. I could definitely see the shot and he didn't have to give up much. And same with um, Michael. Like, I'm not like, saying like, Oh, he gave him away. I'm like, okay. Yeah. He got a really early third and then another third and we'll, we'll see what happens here. Like, I, I have Antonio Gibson, right? So I think they're about valued as the same, those two guys right now. Um, and I think that I would be okay having Antonio Gibson as, like, my RB4 or 5. Um, 
And I think like that's kind of like where Brian Robinson, like you'd be cool if he was your RB four or five. Um, and I, I think that like it's a good get for Welch because like there is a chance that he could increase in value for sure. Like a hundred percent he could. Like we could see the enemy come out here and have like this crazy zone running scheme or whatever, and then um Brian Robinson is a second coming of Aaron Foster or something like that. Like <laughs> 100% I could see a scenario where his value increases 100%. Um, like we could even go into draft day and Antonio Gibson could be traded for like a fourth round pick to like the Eagles or something. So who knows? Like I, I think there's, there's very real scenarios where Brian Robinson's value could increase. And I think that was probably what Welch was going for here. Like he's probably like, he's not, he's not bringing in Brian Robinson thinking like, oh yeah, this is going to be what gets me back into the playoffs. He's almost like, thinking he's like, this like, is a time capsule. Let me invest a little bit now and then yeah. reap the rewards later, see if his value rises. And then I can Yeah, flip I think off. he's thinking at worst, like I'll buy Brian Robinson. At worst, I get these two thirds back in a year. And at best, maybe I get a second and a third if his value increases. Yeah, absolutely. That's why uh, little trades like this happen um, gets us so excited. It's just funny because it just came from the avalanche, the aftershock, really, of yeah. all the major things. But there was one more trade that have happened, and yes. our good Very. boy We saved the best for last. Yeah, we saved the best <laughs> for a lot. Most polarizing for sure, Dare. Uh, a, po- a Pro Bowl quarterback <laughs> got traded along with uh, a once-projected top overall quarterback prospect. So this was a monster blockbuster trade mm-hmm. to end it all but what am i referencing right now um so mike sent malik willis to greg for tyler huntley now if this doesn't get you going i don't know what will because this is just too super this is this is borderline the hurts herbert trade it's almost the same thing <laughs> i mean it has same whew. implications it is just two studs just going they're swapping teams right here i i can't even believe that greg and mike could agree on this because both guys just have such extreme upside here this is what uh, changes the pdl landscape for sure it's it's Re- just remakes the whole day. economy it's <laughs> everything that we used to know about the pdl is now turned to dust like 320 2023 mark that day in your calendar because that is the day that pdl changed forever um I don't know. Like, realistically, both of these guys, they suck. Like, Tyler Huntley is never going to be anything. Maybe it's like Lamar sits out. Like, Tyler Huntley might start a few games. This next is literally year. a patented Greg trade, in my opinion. Yeah. Greg's hoping for the upside, hoping that Malik Willis will like turn into something. Um, but he was so, so, so bad. Like, I like someone who played at Liberty and wasn't that good kind of bad now playing in the NFL professionally. Like people should have been able to see it, but they're still somehow surprised. And I'm sitting here being like, how though? (laughs) If you told me that Malik Willis was from Argentina and he has never (laughs) Never touched a football before in his life. And it's just like some athletic dude from Argentina. You drop him on the NFL field that's probably how I would have expected that that would have gone because he is, he looked like he had no idea what the fuck he was doing. That's actually the biggest takeaway. It's not that he performed poorly. It's the fact that he looked like he didn't, he acted like he didn't know what the playbook was. He didn't 
act like he knew what his first read, what he had to do. Like, to me, it just looked like he just went out there and they're like, all right, just, you know how when you play backyard football, you're not actually going like, all right, you run a skinny post. You just say hike and you just look around to see who's open and you throw it. That's what Malik Willis reminded me of. He just kind of hiked it. And unless it was a run play where he obviously just hands it off. When it was a pass play, his head was just darting everywhere. And I was like, what what, is he trying to manipulate the defense? Is this just a, like, what is he doing? It it made no sense, but Obviously, this is very, very cruel to say, but Malik Willis, I could definitely see it for Greg because this is a patented Greg trade, like I mentioned before, because it's kind of him just cashing in some older vets being like, ah, does this guy have value for anything? (laughs) Testing, and he's like, ah, I mean, Malik Willis can't be worth much. Probably went over the mic. They're like, yo, what do you want from Malik Willis? He's like, ah, I don't know. Do you have another quarterback? He's like, ah, he's like, sure. Okay. And they're like, okay, let's do it. Because to Greg, he has nothing to lose. What is Tyler Huntley going to do for his team where his team doesn't look like they'll be competing for what, at least the next two, three years. And at that point, is Huntley still in the league? Maybe. But is he going to be contributing to what he believes to be a strong contender? I'm not sure. Whereas Malik Willis, he could absolutely be out of the league by that period as well. But because of his youth and intrigue, I mean, the same reasons why everyone gets excited for the Combine is the same reasons why Malik Willis, I can definitely see either hanging on or, at the very least, changing positions to try to make it work. Yeah, and I've seen, like, um, Lamar Jackson in recent days, I've seen him be linked to the Colts and to the Titans. Didn't you um, see that uh, nice uh, Photoshop picture that I dropped that one time? Yes, I did. Um, but, it, but say Lamar is traded to the Titans, Malik Willis... Perfect backup. Perfect backup to Lamar Jackson there. He can learn how to play the way that Lamar Jackson does. Um, He's never going to play in an NFL game again unless Lamar gets hurt, which is great for Malik Willis probably. Uh, Maybe he can turn into the athletic version of Chase Daniel. But I think that is probably what his future holds for him because I, I just don't think he's... I don't think he's got it, man. I don't. I don't. Dude, think he's... getting that Pro Bowl thing to add to his resume is the greatest thing that's ever. Happened. He could be in the league for like the next ten years and just, just kind of just chill, right? If yeah, he like really wanted to, just be like, yeah, I'll just take decent deals and just be backup quarterback everywhere I go. And I could just say, well, if you really need me in a pinch for like three, four games, I'm your guy. I want. <laughs> I'm. In, I, I made to the Pro Bowl for goodness' sake. I did it for Lamar. I could do it for you guys. And so, yeah, he could definitely float around for a while for sure. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know. Both these guys, neither of them are super impactful. Like, they're not, neither of them are going to really do much, but you might get a random start here and there from them. But, like, you know, we did save the best late trade for last, though, is the most impactful. For sure. For sure. But we had to release this emergency pod because I've never seen anything like this before where one random day it wasn't a trade deadline. There was no reason for it. And then there's just mm-hmm. a huge avalanche of just trades, which is just absolutely unbelievable. And the reason we wanted to get this off is because, A, we've recorded our other podcasts so far in advance that we didn't even have an opportunity to kind of tackle this in chunks as we normally do. But yeah. there are no real chunks to tackle here because pretty much all the damage happened in one day. So this is just us kind of hedging our bets saying, hey, if any more trades happen now, then we could kind of get back to our normal routine rather than kind of saying, hey, let's cover like 40 trades and then cover whatever the rest of the pod was supposed to be. But I think this actually puts us at a really good spot because this is all leading into the draft. And I I don't know. I think it definitely is because I'm older. Normally, the time where I wait for the draft to come up usually drags so much, but I'm currently sitting here shocked that it's almost the end of March already. Uh, how about you, Darren? Uh, how does this feel for you? Because I know we you always used to complain, being like, they should move their rookie drafts earlier. Why are they making us wait so long? Does the wait still feel excruciating as it did in the past? Or are you kind of on the board with me being like, eh, it's actually going by pretty quick? 
Um, I mean, time does go by a lot faster as you get older, but I still think it's kind of ridiculous that the draft is at the end of <laughs> April. Like, there's no reason for that. Like, they, people know who they're taking already at this point. Like, you, you, at the very least, move it up a week. You know, like, there's no reason it needs to be the last weekend of April. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's actually unbelievable how much time they spread out. But the NFL absolutely does this so they could be pretty much headlining in the offseason all across. Yeah, it could literally be like NBA playoffs. And they'll be like, all right, what's happening in the NFL? <laughs> yeah, every like, month. Oh, wait, is it the Eastern it. quarter finals? I don't know, because I actually would prefer to know what Lamar Jackson's up to or what Aaron Rodgers exactly. is there, there might be, like, low-key paying Lamar Jackson to just drag this shit out just so that, like, more people are talking about him. They have shit to put on Sports Center. That's that's all they want. Especially having uh, Lamar on my team. I've purposely just been ignoring all the news. It's weird because it's low-key kind of quiet, so it doesn't really require me to ignore that much. The only yeah. thing that I am really ignoring is the fact that there really hasn't been much, and I just have to ignore what other people are saying, like commenting on the situation. But like actual headlines about the situation, it's been quiet. So it's been like super. Like I remember messaging you, being like, "Uh, nothing's happening." You're like, "Well, he doesn't have an agent." I was like, "Well, yeah, that's that's definitely true." And why? Yeah, that's, but it's kind of it's, 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 like... it's, it's crazy. So it, it it actually isn't very difficult to ignore for me personally, actually. Yeah, because like normally, if he was a normal player. Um, like, like when Larry Tunsil signed that deal, right? There was no nothing about that, like no leak nothing, because Larry Tunsil didn't have someone working for him that was like, all right, I'm gonna leak this, leak that, leak this, and Lamar doesn't have that either. So until we get like someone in Lamar's circle leaking something to somebody, then we're not really gonna get any updates. It's kind of it's it's weird because it's a unique situation because most dudes will just like hire an agent. Do you but, think it's just gonna be like quiet and then? We're just going to oh, yeah. find out like, oh, OK, he's going back to Baltimore. This is happening now. Or, oh, OK, yep. wow. The Colts just signed him to the contract. Now, I guess we have to wait to see if they're going to map or by they. I mean, Baltimore uh, kind of thing. Right. Yep. I think it'll come out of nowhere and we're just going to. We're, we're just in for the surprised. ride. Yeah, it's just going to be like out of nowhere. It's going to be like, all right, he was traded to the Titans. The two first they gave him a fully guaranteed contract. Like everything's like, gonna fuck? happen so fast after like <laughs> yeah. we've just heard nothing. Whereas it's kind of the opposite for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers just kept giving us updates about nothing. Whereas Lamar, yep. we're begging him for an update, and he's like, "Nah, fuck it." Sorry. And then every once in a while, he'll tweet something like laughing at something. We're like, "Lamar, what the fuck are you doing? Like, we want updates from you. You're not giving us anything." Whereas Aaron Rodgers gives us update about when an update will be coming later. We can set our clocks to an Aaron Rodgers update because he's on Pat McAfee all the time. He's just like every like as soon as they uh as they do it on Tuesdays, like as soon be... as like after that, like Wednesday and Thursday she's littered with Aaron Rodgers headlines. Yeah, and when when they announced that he was gonna be on the um Pat McAfee show, I was like, All right, this is where he's gonna say he's going to the Jets. Like it was obvious because he's He's like, in a way, I guess he like is a good guy to the people that he like cares about and stuff because like obviously yeah, he wants them to break the news. He's being a freaking baller. Yeah, so like he's a good guy to his friends and the people he likes and everything like that. But like other than those people, he's kind of a dick. (laughs) He's just like, what? What what it should be like? Hey, I'm cool with my friends, but if I don't fucking know you, why should I be cool with you? Right? Yeah, I guess that's true, but you should like, just you I should understand be kind to all, every but... people, like all people, like 
Yeah, this situation doesn't bother me like at all. I think it'll be more funny if after all this, he doesn't go to the Jets because technically he hasn't signed yet with the Jets. And they, he's been saying that the Packers have been holding it up. But it's funny because Rodgers essentially completely fucked the Packers because like they have no leverage, right? By day, I mean the Jets I to get like the Packers can just be like, no, we want a first. And the Jets kind of have to because of the, the how long they waited and they have been super desperate for it. So I, I don't know. It's just a really weird well- situation. I think that Rodgers could – I think Rodgers really holds all the power in this situation because he could go and he could say, hey, I actually decided I'm going to stay with the Packers and you can pay me $60 million and I'm going to be your $60 million backup. Unless you I mean, that's me true. Well, like, he already said he wanted to go to the Jets, so if he holds all the power, why, why isn't he already a Jet? Because I think that they're just trying to stall as long as they can. Like I, I think that they're just like trying to get this value. But like there's – there's other ways that you can get a first back, right? Like you yeah. can trade Corey Davis and Elijah Moore and like a third or whatever. Like there's other ways that they can get a quote unquote first round pick and value. Like it doesn't actually need to be that specific pick. Yeah, I completely agree. It's, it's, yeah, it should be fun to see where it goes. It's just funny that it hasn't happened yet, but it definitely is going to happen. I'm sure uh, with you having uh, Garrett Wilson, you got to be pretty happy with that, right? Um, yeah, I'm definitely not complaining because um, with Garrett Wilson, with any quarterback aside from uh, Zach Wilson last year, he was averaging like 17 points per game. So you would assume that Aaron Rodgers, instead of just any like Joe Flacco or Mike White, like Aaron Rodgers is going to be quite a bit better than that. You would How mad so. would you be if Aaron Rodgers <laughs> comes into the New York? He's actually still amazing, but he only pumps targets like Alan Lazard. And Alan then they- Lazard. Yeah, and then they bring in, like, Cobb on, like, a really vet minimum and just pumps him with fucking targets for no reason. I'd be so mad. Well, knowing Aaron Rodgers from how he portrays himself, I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> Instead of just trying to wait, just be like, I'm just going to get my, make sure my guys look good. I'm going to get these guys to a fucking Pro Bowl because they have a clause in their contract to get them more money. <laughs> I don't care about the wins anymore. I'm just going to get my guys a little bit more money. That's all I want to do at this point in my He's just career. doing like an Adam Sandler victory lap where like the same entourage that comes with. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get you guys going to get you guys paid no matter what. So you guys love me forever. <laughs> don't think don't make movies about you guys. That'll, that'll be how this goes from this point <laughs> forward. <laughs> You're going to get the royalties down the line. Don't worry, guys. I'm, I'm bringing you with me. Alan Lazard is his Rob Schneider. <laughs> you can do it <laughs> but with that being said guys that kind of wraps everything up but with the way that all the trade landscape goes there i'm sure you're getting really geared in for the rookie draft now because we kind of yeah. get to predict a little bit and welch had a great idea where everyone tries to predict the first round right yeah i thought that was pretty cool i mean based on the engagement from the uh Running back rankings, it might be hard to do. Well, luckily, this but... should be the one and done, right? Just one and <laughs> yeah. done. Just be like, there's only 12 people month. you need to put in. Just make guesses, and I'll list who has the picks. Yeah, if we give everyone a month, it should be all right. Like we should be able to. They should be able to fill them out in a month. There might be a couple reminders that need to happen, but you know, yeah. I, I think they got it. But with that being said, guys, keep keep in mind that is probably initiative. Thank you, Welch, for bringing that up. We'll definitely put it together and we'll have some deadline. But I think this will be a lot of fun to kind of see what the board would look like. Right. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of similarities, too, except for I think everyone is going to have a different opinion on where Bijan could go, because I think Bijan has been linked to like every team in the NFL at this point. 
yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be really fun. Hopefully, we can get this done. But um, until then, guys, take care. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed your meal. We'll catch you next time.